What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. We're sitting around episode 225, 27, somewhere around there. And uh, the new season, which will give us a reset here, will be at our one-year mark, which I think is April 15th. So um, coming up in the next couple months, we'll be hitting the probably 250, uh, 250 episode mark, and then uh, maybe a little more, 260, 270, and then resetting for um, for the next year. So pretty exciting. I mean, I guess when we decided to do five days a week, I could have done the math beforehand, but to, to look back and say there's 225 episodes of this podcast. And, I, you know, I don't slack on anything. So I don't get on here and just record something just to record. I know I have to, but I come ready. So hopefully every one of these podcasts blesses you because I know I try to make it that everyone will will impact your life and change your life. And I believe it will because it's the word of God. You can't go wrong sticking with the word. But I want to talk to you today about godly examples. You know, God gives us men and women uh, as examples, people, the ones who have gone on before, who have learned from the ones who have gone on before. And uh, God has set this up that leadership is an important part of the body of Christ. You know, there's a scripture, there's a couple of scriptures in the Bible that talks about discernment. There's one in 1 John 2 that says, you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. And it's talking about deciphering and understanding the difference between the spirit of Antichrist and the spirit of God. And um, so the Holy Spirit shows people. So where you can walk into a situation and the Lord can show you, hey, this person's discerning of spirits, this person's operating out of a spirit of fear, or this, this, there's actually, um, he's speaking by the spirit of God. You can see, and the anointing teaches you that. Um, but people have used that to say, oh, I don't need a leader because the Holy Ghost teaches me and I know all things. You don't need any man to teach you because I know all things. Where God has actually set it up that there's safety in um, following leaders, it, that he puts people there uh, p- people there to help you, to be, to support you, and to point you in the right direction. So um, I'm going to read a scripture here, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, and it says, Be followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the ordinances I delivered and keep the ordinances as I delivered them to you. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is the man and the head of Christ is God. God set it up that, that there would be people who you'd be able to follow. Hebrews 13, 7, let me go there for you, says, um, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Uh, when you think about that, the word conversation means the end of their manner of living. I think about Pastor Rodney, who's been my example for um, many years, been a part of the River at Tempe Church for uh, really tw- over 20 years now, and seeing the example of Pastor Rodney living a pure life, you know, a great marriage, and and hasn't wavered. There's been no, there's been no scandal. There's been, I mean, there's people who don't agree with his doctrine. It's in the Bible, so I agree with it. Um, there's people who persecute him for the joy, persecute him for tongues. I mean, you, all of it's in the Bible. But you know, there's persecution comes. That's how it works. The Bible actually promised persecution, but. Um, but there's no scandal about his life. So it says, consider the end of their manner of living. You can look ahead and see Pastor Rodney's going to end well. And and his reception in heaven will be great because of the souls and the people that he impacted. And it says, follow their faith. 
pattern your life after theirs. Everyone has their own calling, but there's things that we can look and say, hey, this man is doing it this way and he's profiting. So I'm going to listen to what he has to say. And so I set all that as a lead up, um, as an introduction to uh, something that I've been following online the last few days. There's a pastor in Nigeria called uh, whose name is E.A. Adaboye, and you may have heard of him. Him and uh, David Oyedepo have the, the two great churches. Pastor E.A. Adaboye has the greatest church, you know, 50,000 people inside, I think, and then 250,000 in the overflow. Crazy to think um, the amount of people that are there. Uh, very soft-spoken man, former mathematician, but he has this thing that he's doing now, and it's a series of 78 quotes. If you go on my Instagram, I reposted one, you'll be able to see the hashtag that I'm following. It's hashtag E-A-A-7-8. And so I want to I uh, throw a couple of these out there because um, uh, there's a lot of wisdom to be gained here. So let's start here. And I'm um, starting from the beginning, and you can go through. They haven't posted all 78 yet, but you can go through and see... Um, uh, see what it has to say here. So uh, I want to start with uh, the first one, and it says, the first victory is the victory over self. The first victory is the victory over self. You know, God set it up that that, uh, the Bible says in Romans 6.14, it says, sin shall no longer have dominion over you. So God has it where we can know that we have a place that God has given us power to be able to to, to overcome the flesh. Before, I believe, before you're able to walk in victory as far as, I mean, you could see a little bit of it, lay hands on the sick and see them recover, but really begin to do exploits. It starts with winning the victory over the flesh. The Bible says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ that lives within me. That's Galatians 2.20. And it says, in the life that I live in the flesh, I don't live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So God set it up that, that for us, we have the ability by the grace of God that he put on the inside us to overcome the flesh. People make excuses for the flesh, but it's really not the right thing. So this was quote, quote number one, the first and biggest victory of all is victory over your own self. And for us, that's a lesson to be learned. And this isn't something that's one in a night, but it's by the word of God. It's overcoming the fleshly desires. If you can't get the flesh under control, I believe there's a place where God can't promote you past because it's too much of a risk. If you're, it, you've seen ministers who've had great ministries and because of the anointing on their life and their calling, and maybe things were fine for a while, but then they allowed their flesh to have its way, and we see that they fall. And then what happens? People go with it. So it's a, it's, a, it's a problem that hurts more than just you. So number one, the biggest victory is victory over the flesh. Number two, one of the ways the Holy Spirit will help you is that he'll warn you of impending danger. You know, for me, this is a great comfort. The Bible talks about how the Holy Spirit's our helper. And he says, um, he even said, there'll be times you'll be taken before, you'll be persecuted, taken before, uh, uh, you know, the government officials or whoever in the Sanhedrin, it says, um, and, but it says, don't think ahead of time what you're going to say, because the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. I believe the safest place you can be is cultivating of the 
cultivating a listening ear to hear the voice of the Holy Ghost, and then a decision that no matter what the Holy Spirit says, I'll listen. Because whether it's danger, if he's warning you, hey, don't go out with those friends. If you get ready to do something, there's a check on the inside. Don't override that. Follow that inner that inner leading. The Holy Spirit wants to rescue you out of danger. If you can look back and say, man, as a Christian, I've made some mistakes. There were places I shouldn't have been. I'm willing to bet that there was a check on the inside that you overrode, that you, I just knew I shouldn't have gone out with him that night. I knew I shouldn't have spent time with that person. I knew that was a person from the get-go. I knew the Lord have even maybe sent you someone to say, hey, <laughs> avoid that person. And then the relationship ended up being something that was only destructive. And so follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. When you decide, no matter what comes my way, my safest place on the earth is following the voice of the Holy Spirit. Remember this, the Lord's not trying to take fun away from you. He's trying to protect your life. The job of the Holy Spirit, one of the many jobs, but the overall aim is that the Bible says he will guide us with his counsel and afterwards receive us to glory. So God wants us in heaven. Quote number three, once a person steps into sin, the stagnating power of sin becomes activated in the person's life. You know, God is willing to forgive sins. He's already paid the price. And so I won't go as, I guess, if you look back from the end of time, you could say, hey, God had forgiven my sins before I was even born because he did it in Christ. But sin may not change, if we repent, may not change God's mind about us, but it changes our heart towards God. You know, it puts us in a place, sin puts us in a place where our life is open to the attack of the devil. But then besides that, it also makes it where our, your heart can be hardened through sin. The Bible talks about that in Hebrews 3 and 4. And so it, may, it takes you from moving forward in the things of God to standing still. Psalm 1 talks about that. Blesses man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. And so there's a decision you make to move yourself out of sin and, and, and not become stagnant in life. And then there's quite a few more um, uh, if you go through these. And I hope you, if you're on Instagram, you take some time of following this hashtag. And again, it's on my Instagram, or if you follow the hashtag, you can see them. Um, well, the hashtag's on my Instagram. Instagram. But there's a, uh, there's a um, few interesting ones. Quote six, I really like. It says, whenever you find it difficult to obey those over you, whether you like it or not, you are guilty of pride. God made, uh, whether you like it or not, you're guilty of pride. God gives us God, godly leadership to test to see if we're willing to submit. If we're unwilling to submit to a pastor, to a leader, to a godly authority that's in our life, then it's a problem because if we can't submit to someone we can see, how will we submit to God? It's a test that God puts us through is will we follow leadership? Um, some interesting ones about relationship that I really like. Um, he has one that says, uh, my, my son, don't marry a woman who can't cook because if she, she needs to be able to cook and clean. You can't afford to be eating out all the time, <laughs> which I think is a um, good practical advice. Make sure she can cook and make sure she's willing to clean. Um, let me find one other here. This one was interesting for me. Quote 15, if you kill an unbeliever, you are killing a potential convert. Someone who is dead cannot be converted. I like this one. Quote 17, thanksgiving is the glue that helps to firmly attach your blessing to you. Without it, your blessing may be lost. I believe, you know, I see it. People want to be reserved in their Christianity. They don't want to like 
be the person who's just over the top, but be willing to be the person that's over the top in your praise, that if anyone's going to dance and rejoice, it's going to be you. Will you cultivate a life of praising the Lord in your own spare time? Don't let it just be to be seen. In your own spare time, close the door to your room and dance before the Lord. Praise and worship God with all of your heart, like you're excited about going to heaven, like if you can be grateful for nothing else, that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life actually rejoice. Try to put King David to shame. Try to give him a run for his money, rather. Dance before the Lord with all your heart. The earth actually responds to praise. He has another quote that actually talks about that, and it's one of my favorite scriptures, Psalm 67. And it says, praise, quote 18, praise is a powerful instrument. It attracts God's presence. If you've been struggling with a problem, try praise. It can change your life because as you praise God, the earth releases her increase and you will be blessed. That's found in Psalm 67, 5 and 6. Try praise. I decided quite a few years ago that it was going to be a year of praise. And my life has changed since then radically. I've found a key, a supernatural key to getting prayers answered. And it's in the life of praise, life of just praising God no matter what's going on. And it turns things around. Yeah, my sons don't marry a lady who cannot cook. She needs to know how to do chores and cook because you cannot afford to be eating out all of the time. My sons don't marry a girl who is worldly. If you do, you have carried what you'll worship for the rest of your life. Um, and then a very simple one. My beloved daughters don't marry a man who has no job. I like that. Let me skip over some so you can read them on your own. Um, Here we go. When you manifest the, quote 24, when you manifest the mind of Christ, genuine humility will be seen in you. Humility is a key that God gives us. You know, humility is you saying, I'm not the most important person in my life. God is more important than I am. When he speaks, I listen. I talked about it in the podcast about sanctification. And I said, there's a scripture in 1 Peter 3.15 that says, sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. What does that mean? It means give him the rightful place. Separate him from everything else. The things of God are in a category all their own. Don't treat the, the, the presence of God lightly as common. The presence of God is the most precious thing that we have. So you sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. You humble yourself. God, I'm a man and you are God, and I need you. Every day of my life, I need you. Humility is a key. Bible says God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Of all the things we need on planet earth, it's grace and mercy, and he gives grace to the humble. So I believe this year will be a year of humility for you. As you begin to grow in humility, what does that mean? Well, you grow in understanding that you can't make it on your own. Lord, I'm completely dependent on you. It isn't, it isn't thinking less of yourself. It's, it's, it's thinking more of the Lord. It's thinking, uh, someone said, it's not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. It's, we know who we are in Christ, but the understanding is that the key phrase is in Christ, that it's not on our own. If you have, quote 25, if you have the mind of Christ, regardless of the number of signs, wonders, and miracles God has done through you, you will be unable to boss people around or to virtually expect people to worship you. I like that. Stay humble. This one, man, what a good one. Quote 27, it is foolish for you not to have mercy on those who offend you because you are only withholding mercy for yourself. 
It's foolish for you not to have mercy on those who offend you because you're only withholding mercy for yourself. I'll wrap up with that one, man. There's some good ones in the 30s. I want you to check it out. I posted one of them on my my um, my wall on Instagram. Uh, but when when God has made it that his hands are tied, unforgiveness, you not forgiving someone makes it that God can't forgive you. You withholding mercy makes that God can't uh have mercy on you. God wants to pour out his blessing, but many times there's an attitude in our heart that prevents us from doing it. I believe the because time is short, God is putting people in your life, people that you can glean from, people that you can become a disciple of. And it's not going to be a bunch of people. God doesn't need you learning. Uh, uh, people have this feeling of, I need to be well-rounded in the things of God. And you need to study. The Bible says, study to show yourself approved unto God. But so they listen to 15, 20 different voices, and they're watching YouTube videos of all these different ministries, and the doctrines get confused because one person says healings for today, and the other one says that Paul's thorn in the flesh was was a sickness that God put on him. And and people just end up in confusion and double-minded about, about these things. But God will put specific people, people that you can basically sit there and say, Lord, you've put them in my life for me to learn from them. I'm humbling myself before you, and I'm going to look at their life. I'm going to follow their faith. I'm going to model my life after theirs, and I'm going to look at the end of their life and see that they're finishing well, because I too want to finish well. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for listening. If this podcast helps you, uh, please share it on your Instagram, and uh, we'll see you on the next podcast.